Today on the Big Break Software Podcast, we have Richard Miles of Closum.ai. Closum automates the time-consuming, messy, unending, and often unfinished work of following up with leads, prospects, and customers by enabling users to send proven campaigns of text, email, and postal mail with the click of a button. Richard will talk to us today about how he came up with the idea, how he funded the MVP, how he's able to find his first few customers and work his way from zero to product market fit. How are you today, Richard? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. So um, why don't you tell me, why don't you start by telling me what specific problem do you solve for your customers? Well, the specific problem that we solve is that most small businesses and entrepreneurs never have enough time to do the the necessary work of following up with leads and prospects and customers, right? And so Typically, they go from feast to famine. I'm busy. I'm booked. I don't have time to do any sales. Okay, I finished all my projects. Oh, crap, I'm out of work. I need to go start hustling for business. And so there's this sort of like roller coaster cycle that uh, that happens where you're trying to acquire new business, you get new business, you're busy, and then you're out of business again. Right. So what we did was we created a tool that would automate all of that so that while you were busy satisfying your clients or doing whatever it is that you're really good at, um, there would be a system that would continually automate the process of staying in touch with people that were interested in you generally, people that were very interested in you, and your past customers so that you could have a source of, of referrals and reviews coming. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that a lot of people forget about is that you know, your past customers are seven times more likely to buy from you than the new prospects, right? And you know, keeping in touch with them and asking them for referrals and reviews really pays off. There's an interesting statistic. Nine out of 10 people surveyed will tell you that if you ask them, they will give you a review. Mm-hmm. Same survey, one out of 10 people ask for a review. Yeah, so yeah. Do nine out of 10 people give you a review, they'll give you a referral if they ask, and only one out of 10 people spend the time to ask for it. So, um, it's not reputation management, though. You're not talking about reputation management. This is more no, of like referral. This no. no. Okay. No. I mean, obviously, it doesn't hurt reputation, but uh, this is not a specific reputation management product. This is a tool to keep you engaged with customers, you know, okay. people that are interested, really interested. And so what happens in the sales cycle for people is, you know, the other little interesting stat is that best-in-class small businesses, only 30% follow up with their leads. No, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Okay. So they only follow up with 30% of their leads is, is actually the way it works. Everybody tries to do a little bit of follow up. But so what happens is you get, you get a dozen leads come in. Well, you chase after the ones that seem like the low hanging fruit, the ones that are closest to buy, mm-hmm. right? The other seven that are mildly interested or you didn't get through the first time or whatever drops off. So what happens is that, you know, 70% of the money that you spend generating leads, you know, advertising, doing whatever it is that you do to get business coming in the door is going to waste because you don't follow it up. So what we did was created a tool that would automate that and follow up on an automated basis so that while you were chasing that guy who looked really promising right now, the other nine people that typically you were leaving fallow are being nurtured. It sounds like a CRM. Is that right? 
Now, how's it different in like HubSpot or you know like some of these other ones that are um, Salesforce or something that's that's out there? Right. Okay. Well, the, you, you pick the two biggest names, Salesforce and HubSpot. The difference with Salesforce is it's an amazing tool. It's unbelievably expensive, and to customize it to make it fit for you, you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars to make it work. Mm, it doesn't okay. just work out of the box. HubSpot okay. is a suite of, of tools that are great, also very expensive, and to do things, you got to do a lot of add-on. We get a lot of customers from both those places. Um, actually, that's not true. Sale, people who can afford Salesforce are typically more enterprise-level customers. Our customers are more entrepreneurs and small businesses. Okay, um, fair enough. And so the other the other difference is is single focus and ease of use. We've yeah. created a tool for people that don't want to mess around with software. Okay. Right? It, it, this is a tool that was designed for people who are good at what they're doing. Now, take take a um, and I, you know one of the questions you wanted to ask me was how I got started. So I'm going to tell you a story. So three and a half years ago, uh, my wife and I moved back to the U.S. and we bought a house. And um, this was before COVID, mm -hmm. and we had 20 people coming over for Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. And two days before Thanksgiving, our oven broke. Can't cook a turkey. Yeah. <laughs> With a broken oven. So I, I had a home warranty. I called the warranty company, paid my deductible, and they sent a technician out to fix my oven. Mm -hmm. So guy comes out, great technician, you know, young guy. And, you know, it was a couple of days before Thanksgiving. I didn't have anything to do. So I was standing around watching him work and talking to him and asking him about his business. And, you know, I asked him, like, so does this warranty work? Like, I just pay a small deductible. I, I, you're not getting paid a lot of money to do this. You know, is this what you want to do? No, no, no. I bought this piece of equipment to do this heating and ventilating uh, duct cleaning that's very lucrative for me. Um, mm -hmm. This just keeps, you know, I just do this to just keep the, the doors open while I'm starting my business. Great. Okay. So um, does a great job, fixes my oven, goes and has to get a special part, comes back, gets it all done, cleans up really nicely, does a really great job. And I'm giving him marketing advice because that's, I can't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm saying like, hey, send me a note uh, to get my ducks clean in, you know, in the spring, and I'll and I'll certainly buy it from you. I I, I know you now and I trust you. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. And he leaves. Mm -hmm. I never hear from him again. Yeah, yeah. He has my 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 cell phone because he called to confirm the appointment. He has my address, and he has my email. Right. Yeah. But he never hear from follows him. up. Yeah. Okay. Right. And that was sort of the genesis of closing was okay, like, wait a minute, I got okay. a tool for a guy like him. He knows if I, if I hand him a pipe wrench or an electrical tool, yeah, he knows exactly what to do with it. I tell yeah. him, Hey, I got a software product that, that, that you know, it's like, it, it's not going to happen. Okay. Right? No, that, that's actually a really great way to explain it for me. Cause now I totally understand. So it's basically for, uh, is it not only for local businesses, I imagine, anyone that's sort of got a lot of customers, right? A lot of customers that are coming through and they kind of forget about them, that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, well, like we, a designer or a copywriter or something like that, and, and they, do, they do like a $1,000 job, and and then they move on, and then they forget about them. And, and so you, you periodically uh, sort of nudge the old um, the old client. Okay, well, so that, you know, the thing, yeah, but also, here's the thing. Um, let's say you're, 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 you've got a contact us form on your website. Yeah. Right. 
and somebody says, oh, I'm, I'm interested in what you do. So they mm -hmm. fill out your contact form. Most people have some sort of autoresponder. They get an email autoresponse that says like, hey, thanks for signing up, blah, 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 yeah. get back to you, right? Mm -hmm. And then typically what happens is maybe that guy is you know, right on the, on the spot and says, oh, I've got a lead and he calls and he follows up and maybe that happens. Yeah. Typically, you're busy, you're doing other stuff, that lead, they got their email, you think it's handled. The email might have gotten through. It might get blocked by a filter. It, it might show up in their inbox with mm -hmm. a dull subject line and doesn't get open. So what we did is that's why we added text messaging to the platform. So somebody fills out your form, they get an immediate text reply. So if they're staying up late and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, they're surfing the Internet and they're interested, they're going to get a response immediately. Yeah, and studies okay. show that if you follow up within five minutes – which 99% of the people do not do, you're, you know, 100% more likely to close a sale than if you follow up after three hours or 24 hours or a uh -huh. couple days. Yeah. So, so the other thing about it is, is rather than it, it's just as easy to send a series of messages as it is to send one. Mm -hmm. Right. And here's, here's the real sad fact about life is it takes more than one call to close a sale. Right. It takes somewhere between six and 16 contacts with somebody to close a sale. Now, that, that's not true for everything. You know, if, I, if I'm if i barefoot and I need shoes, I walk into the store, I'll buy shoes right now. I don't need to talk to you six yeah. times, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But to decide which brand I want to buy, I might come back a few times before I decide on what brand to buy. Mm -hmm. And this is where it really – so what we do is you get that immediate auto reply, but then we can chain that together in a series of messages that take place over time. So you get that immediate reply, and then you get an email the next day at 9 o'clock in the morning, and then you get another follow-up. And so you can keep that customer or that prospect potentially engaged over time. Okay. Even so though I, you may have the time to follow-up. It, it sounds like it's, I mean, to, to me, like if I'm going to, I would be typing autoresponder, you know, if I'm going for, like, going to look for this tool that you've had, what, what do I even search for to find it? Marketing automation. Marketing automation. And so how is it okay. different, say, like, say from, I use reply.io and I use active campaign. So how would it be right. different from those? So one of the things, well, um, so active campaign is similar. You can send text messages and emails with active, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... There's a couple things that are differentiated. So just back to the genesis of Closem, I knew that that technician, if I gave him a thing of software and said, here, write a whole series of marketing messages to follow up, he he's dead. Okay, he's not yeah. going to do it. Yeah. So part of what Closem comes with is it comes with dozens of professionally written okay. marketing templates that are personalized and customizable, right? So that it, it automatically goes out. And part of the key to this is the personalization so that it doesn't look like a robot is writing a letter. Yeah. Right? So we can make some very personal um, things, you know, uh, your name, your location, your business name, you know, whatever you filled out in the form. So we can make some very personal responses. Okay. One of the differences between the, the suite of tools that are out there that, um, that are in the similar ballpark is number one is we give you dozens of pre-written messages in all kinds of categories, like following up after an inbound lead, following up after a trade show or a webinar, um, following up after a sales call where the guy says, maybe, um, asking for referrals and reviews, 
seasonal messages. Uh, so it's, it's chock full of messages that you can use as is mm-hmm. or customize to suit. And mm-hmm. it, it's interesting how many of my customers, our users, actually use the, the canned messages that we built in without any customization whatsoever to good success. Yeah. So, you know, it, it because, you know, you, again, just using my same guy as an example, he's good at repairing ovens. He's, that doesn't make he, He's not a business owner. He's not a marketer. Yeah. So we give you a series of marketing messages. The other mm-hmm. real difference is that we've added direct mail. We've added postal mail to this. Mm-hmm. People are so, you know, here it is 2022 and everybody's in a digital rabbit hole. How, you know, how do I get Facebook? How do I get Instagram? How do I email? How do I text? How do I do that? You know, it's all electronic. It's all digital. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back in the day, your mailbox used to be stuffed full of all kinds of crap. And your inbox was relatively empty. It was like, oh, email, this is exciting. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, 40 years <laughs> yeah, later, yeah. Yeah. Your email, you're busy trying to get to inbox zero. You got filters and you got stuff just to try to get to just the important stuff because you're getting 100 emails a day or 300 or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And your mailbox is relatively empty. And in the U.S., 90-some-odd percent of people check their mail daily. Mm-hmm. And it's a real different experience. Email seems very cold, very impersonal, very digital. A piece of direct mail, you get a postcard in the mail. And I send this one out a lot. It says, you're reading this, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a handwritten font, QR code. Um, and people really respond to it. We have a ton of reviews from people that are like, wow, I couldn't believe it. I sent this postcard and this guy showed up telling me how meaningful it was that I sent him a postcard. Yeah, that's great. So people really respond to it. You have a, we, we do it with a handwritten font mm-hmm. so that, um, it really looks personal. You can yeah. drop in a signature so it's signed. Yeah. So that's one of the real differences between Closem and all the other tools that are out there is that we also made it totally simple. The same interface that you type a text message or an email message is the same interface you type a direct mail letter or a postcard. Same interface. Nothing new to learn. There's no minimums. There's no setup fees. You can send one postcard. You can send a thousand. We don't care. Okay, that makes sense. And imagine the uh, the direct mail is very effective for, as you say, this uh, you know HVAC guy that already had you and you're already sold and you're just waiting right. to be contacted from him. Um, right. and that's where if he sends me a postcard that says, "Here's twenty dollars off on getting your ducks clean." Yeah, bucks off or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're all over it. Yeah, I'm all yeah. over it. Yeah. The other thing is, is, is a lot of people contact us and they say, can closing be used for cold leads, you know, for, you know, a, an outreach campaign, B2B outreach campaign? The answer is yes, absolutely. And my recommendation is start with a business letter or a postcard and then do email. Okay. You know, I, um, and so you were asking like the kinds of people, we have mortgage lenders, we have lawyers, we have insurance agents, we have home services contractors. Um, you know, one of the good news about Closem is anybody can use it. Um, well, so that sounds like a lot of local businesses, though. You were saying freelancers and entrepreneurs. Yeah, that, yeah, so would you say it's mostly local? Would you say it's mostly local businesses? No, no, no. It's, it's all it's all it's all over. I mean, yeah, there's a big chunk that's local, and and obviously we have an incredible power locally. Yeah, we have people. Um, I have we're the we're the sales department for one single guy in Canada that has a national network of 
franchises that he's selling, and we're his whole sales team. It's a one-man show. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he's opening up franchises all across Canada, and we're the sales department. Mm-hmm. He runs Facebook ads. The ads come in to close them. It's automated. They get email and text follow-up. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 one of the other things about this is that when you combine all of these media together, right, you, you know, people are always concerned about open rates. So like typical open rate for email is maybe 20, 30 percent. You know, mm-hmm. if you're doing well, right, on a cold campaign, you're doing great if it's 15 percent. When mm-hmm. you combine email and text, you'll more than double your open rate. And when you combine direct mail, postal mail, and um, and text and email, you get in the neighborhood of 40% engagement rates. This guy consistently has a 65% open rate and a 15% click-through rate on cold leads. Okay. I mean, right. that makes just, sense. You know, so, so that's kind of the power of it. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so we are tending to focus more towards local businesses these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, we have people that are statewide or regional or national, um, international, in fact, as well, because we can send postal mail anywhere in the world. Okay. So, um, so when you were coming up with this idea, what um, did walk me through the sort of the you know because it obviously takes a lot of like passion and commitment to commit to a big project right. like this. You go to Google, you say there's there are plenty of marketing automation tools out there. Um, you know, right. I'm using like three of them right now. I, you know, so. Um, what made you decide on this? Like, what was the core problem um, that you specifically set out to solve? And, and walk me through this. Do you have a software background? Right. Do you have a software development background? You know, that sort of thing. Um, so this is not my first startup. You know, my first startup was a million years ago. Um, mm. And uh, no, my background is really in sales. Okay. And I was a star salesperson because just intuitively i knew the power of following up somebody said call me later i did my yeah. colleague wouldn't and yeah. you know for my first year in sales i was sales salesman of the year for 3m company i can my tell you sales guy <laughs> i can tell so, and so then you know i started my first startup which was also bootstrapped uh-huh. um and um ended up selling that to a fortune 100 company worked in the fortune 500 for you know, five or six years, started another startup, sold that, um, went, created a, a, another company that we took public during the dot-com boom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I sort of retired from the tech business and worked in nonprofit for eight years. Because you had a big exit? You had a big exit? No, I didn't have a huge exit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had, a, you know, no, I didn't, I'm, you know, uh, I'm not launching uh, rockets into space like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but you had something that you didn't really have to worry about money. Is that, is that what you. We, no, yeah. I, no. I, I had enough money to take a little bit of time off. But I had, you know, I got kids and, you know, family and mortgages and so I, you know, I wasn't able to retire. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, okay. Um, at, at any rate, so I, you know, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a serial, uh, you know, a, a entrepreneur. I've started more, you know, four four times and exited four times successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had this idea. I started noodling around at what kind of software was out there and what I could what I could do, and came across a, a piece of software that it looked like I could build on. And I called a I called around to a whole bunch of friends of mine and said, "Well, what do you think of this idea?" 
and you know got positive responses and kept getting more and more positive responses and i called uh, another colleague uh, someone that i worked with you know 20 years ago who's uh and her name's laura betterly and she's my my partner mm-hmm. and you know i i i i i pitched it to laura and said what do you think of this and she said i like it so much i want to partner with you laura yeah. um is, uh, very visionary. She she and I worked together. She founded a company called PC DJ back in the late 90s, which was the first MP3 player that allowed you to scratch and be a DJ with with digital files. Okay. Right? And so I her firm actually hired my firm and together we we got 8 million people to start using PC DJ within a matter of months. Okay, so um, you guys had a good history. You had a good you so were we sort had a good of history together. Yeah. And then while I left the tech business and went off into the nonprofit world, she stayed, ran a boutique agency, created a, a course called Mobile Local Fusion, and has, you know, thirty thousand students that that did this. You know, she saw the future of digital music. She mm-hmm. also saw the, the the power of a, of of the mobile technology back in the day. You know, now it's all everybody knows that, but she yeah. was one of the ones. Like wow, the, the future of digital marketing is going to be mobile and local. So she created this thing called Mobile Local Future. Anyway, so I, you know, I really respect Laura, and she's just a marketing ninja. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, she wanted to partner with me, and then together we said, "Great, let's do it." We hired a programmer to start working on the product and getting it to. How did you find that programmer? I mean, that is it. Uh... Someone that she knew in her network. Okay, so so you you found someone in 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 her network so you were pretty you were already comfortable that was was that scare was that sort of a scary thing in the beginning to hire a software developer i mean walk me through sort of the, the you know like your partnering with someone was was that scary i mean i know you know her but you know like to me like you know like you know sometimes right. you know people that you know are even it's almost harder to to go into business with them because you don't want to sort of risk that relationship sure. Well, you know, one of there's two things about it. One of the things as an entrepreneur is, you know, the people that are crazy enough to be entrepreneurs are people that want to be in charge, right? Yeah. I don't want to work with somebody else. I want to be in charge, yeah. right? Um, and in my in my second business, I made the mistake of because I wanted to be in charge so much, I brought on people that were not as capable as I am, mm-hmm. right? I needed to be the star. Yeah. And and what happened was is we couldn't grow any we couldn't grow past me, mm. right? So I was also a limiting factor. Now it was a very successful company, you know, and we were doing a couple million dollars a year in business very profitably. But we couldn't grow past that because I didn't hire people who were better than I was. Yeah. So when Laura and I got together, I knew her capability, and I you know, and I I, I knew that partnering with her, yeah, sure, I might have to give up control, but um, but at the same point, I'm bringing on someone who has skills that ex- that extend beyond mine, and I'd rather do that. Now, it is a challenge. Both of us are more in the sales and marketing and management side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also had startups that have been had successful exits, so we're both experienced in this in in this you know the game that we're playing. But and it's hard, you know, it, it, you know, I, I, you know, not being a technical co-founder, I don't write code. She doesn't write code. I can't sit down and do something. I have to hire somebody else to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, my first business, I'm not technical either. But my first business, suddenly I had nine engineers working for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to learn, you know, how to manage 
software engineers at a very at least, early right, and at least sort of be familiar with the you know how to run um, you know agile methodologies or whatever. And so, yeah, you know, um, we've uh, we've evolved over time. We've brought on other people. It's been a challenge. Some people we brought on cost us a lot of money and didn't deliver. Um, mm -hmm. And some people we've brought on have really delivered well. Um, yeah. okay. So, you know, it's been, um, you know, that's that, that that's one of our biggest challenges. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's yeah. one of our challenges how was the first hire that you did is he still with you yeah he is okay yeah. so he was so you got lucky it wasn't that yeah. much luck because you knew it was inside your partner's uh, network and you knew he right. he had a you know he knew he was competent um w tell me about the mvp how long did it take how are you funding your lifestyle at this point um you mentioned before the show you moved you just moved back from africa moved right. to the US what was like what was paying for your lifestyle at this point um, you know uh, my personal uh, savings uh, savings yeah so okay. you know, and you know it's interesting like you know and Laura has a boutique marketing agency so her income was was covered um, you know and I have to say you know two and a half three years into this thing neither of us have taken big paychecks out of it all the yeah. money we've generated keeps going back into it. So how do we fund the MVP? You know, uh, bootstrapped it, um, you know, took money out of savings and, mm -hmm. and, and how, the cost. Of it. How long did um, it take you to build the MVP? A few months, a few months. Okay. So, so the, to, to tell me about the core idea then, was it just sort of templates, uh, and then follow up? Like if you built an autoresponder and then you had the templates, that was sort of the core mm -hmm. idea. In the beginning, mm -hmm. it's a, I, this yep. is for, for you yeah. know, like your HVAC guy. Um, and then and as we started to get customers and people were starting to say like, oh, yeah, but I, doesn't it do this? And we were like, oh, no, it doesn't do that. Should, shouldn't it? You know? Yeah. So, we, you know, we've, we over the period, the, the product doesn't look anything like the, you know, version, you know, 0 0.9. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Look anything like 1.0. It's I, I don't know how many iterations we don't actually number them, so I can't tell you where we're at. Uh -huh. But we just keep adding more features. We just keep adding more right. things to try to make it easier to use um, and more functional for people. You know, adding the direct mail component was you know a huge breakthrough for people. Um, I, I bet. Yeah, I do want to hear about the direct mail, but the um... The launch of the MVP, like when when it, w you said a few months, that's pretty fast. So that's great. Um, so so tell me about your launch. Like, how, how did you have did you have anyone that says when this is ready? Tell me about it because I want to become a customer. Or how did you roll it out? Yeah, it was. Um, it, yeah, it was really it was really interesting. I got contacted by a lot of people, and I was like. I'm keeping track of their names on a piece of paper. I'm like, wait a minute, I got to start using my own software. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, Laura had a list of you know her past customers and past uh, uh, students, and uh -huh. you know we soft launched it to them, mm -hmm. um, and said, hey, we're launching this. Here's a you know screaming hot deal to get in, um, and that that was our first batch of customers and our first round of feedback. 
to pat she has 30,000 customers you ran it to all of them Did, are these people that have their own businesses or yeah, they, okay yeah, no, they're they all, mostly are. they're, they're all like small the design agencies or something like that right so she's teaching all them how to be really really very interesting uh, eclectic mix of people okay so okay that, we and then you know that's been um um you know, the primary driver of our success has been, you know, these sort of like direct marketing relationships. Can you elaborate on that? So, so you tried it. Sorry, what was your partner's name? Was it, do you say Peggy? Laura. 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 Okay, Laura. Um, so, so you went out to Laura's contacts and you used them. You saw that it worked. How many, like, what kind of revenues are you, did you get from that initial sort of, um, like, like when you open the doors, like within the first month, were you making like a thousand a month, or what, you know, yeah, no, it's, recurring it was, revenue? I, it was enough to see the promise, mm -hmm. but you know, it's not enough to you know write ourselves check. a check and say, "Wow, what? you know, this." Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. we're, we're going to be the old joke, which is you know, um, you know, twenty twenty one was really our first full year. We did okay. Um, finished the year at about one hundred twenty grand. Um, you know, this year we're on pace to more than double that. And, um, you know, and next year will be an instant overnight success three and a half years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, but but um, are you, are you, you're starting to see sort of more the not hockey stick necessarily, but sort of it's picking up. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it, look, we're a bootstrap startup, right? Yeah. And we, we got to be nimble. Right. Yeah. If I had, you know, we did, we purposely chose not to go do the VC thing or try to get angel investors or any of that no, stuff. Why? And, Tell me why. Well, because I've done that before. You know, I had a consulting firm for 10 years and I did nothing but help startup companies raise money. And what happens when you're, when you, when you're in the business of raising money is the CEO's job is raising money. Mm -hmm. That's your job. I didn't want to have to spend my life pitching my company and trying to raise money. What I wanted to do was, hey, let's see if we can grow this thing organically um, and go. Now, you know, it's been a good thing and a bad thing. Um, we can be very nimble and, and move very quickly. I don't have anybody looking over my shoulder. I don't have uh, anybody I have to answer to besides mm -hmm. Laura and I, you know, and we're very, very much in sync on what we're doing. Um, on the other hand, I don't have, um, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to start throwing at advertising and promotion. So, you know, people find us organically and, um, and we're doing some things now that are, um, again, being nimble to sort of focus on, uh, specific niche markets and, um, and a more local focus. So, you know, we'll continue to, to, to grow. Uh, you know, the wonderful thing about software as a service is that people tend to stick, our churn rate is very low. What is it? What's your churn? You know, I don't even know the number off the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's- Let's I mean, say 5%? I don't know. I, yeah. actually, to be honest, I don't really know the number. I just know that when I look at my customer list, I recognize, you know, the, like these are people that have been around since the beginning. So they're yeah, still yeah. there, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's been a percentage that have dropped off for sure. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, okay. But you know, people tend, tend, tend to like it. Um, we, do have, um, we do have some challenges 
in that, like, for example, you said, I've got three different products I'm using, mm-hmm. right? So our, our customer base tends to fall into a couple of categories. One is people who are starting out and they know I need these tools like you did. You started and you said, oh, I mm-hmm. know I need a follow-up tool and I need an yeah. auto-response. And so you went out and you searched for them and you acquired them and you got them. So there's those people and they come and they find clothes and they go like, oh, this is great. This just does everything I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, then we have people who are more in your category who are frustrated as hell with whatever they're using. Right. It's like this thing doesn't work. It's too slow. It doesn't do this other stuff I wanted to do. I can't change it. And they switch. OK. OK. Um, the people in, and those have been our two niches, right? The latter group sounds like it would be more difficult to accommodate, though. Is that or have you, is that is that fair? It, it depends. It fall, they, they fall into two groups too, which is they're so frustrated they're willing to take the pain of transitioning all their stuff over to yeah. close them, right? Uh-huh. And that's a big it's a big hurdle. Um, yeah. And then there's a group of people that are like, but you know, I used to push a red button and now I have to push a green button. Can you make yeah, it red? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. right. Good. Good for you for saying no. Yeah. Right. So, um, so the other thing I just want to let you know that we've come out with two other products um, that we've introduced this year mm-hmm. that are companion products to, to close them. They work independently on their own, but they also are integrated. Are, they, in the, are they inside the dashboard? Is there a separate domain? Totally separate domain, but, but if you have close them, you can access them from within the dashboard. Okay. Okay. Right. I see. So, so you sort of launched two other two other yeah. services that are compatible. Right. One is called Linkum. Yeah. And the other is called Bookum. Okay. So it's like and a then, scheduling tool and. A, right. And then yeah. we just launched. We're in the process of launching a third one, which is called Findum. Okay. So we have a suite of apps now. They all work closely together, but they all work independently. So. What Linkum does is it, it, it grew out of people are sending text messages and postal mail, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're sending a text message and you want to send a long URL to your customer, you know, it's my domain forward slash products forward slash question mark, da 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 da, ID, blah, 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 blah. And it's 98 characters long. Yeah. That eats up your text message totally. And nobody wants to click on it. So this is like a bit.ly or something like that. So it's right. a short. So we wanted something that would, that would create a, a short link. We wanted yeah. to be able to track it because like with emails, we can track open rates, not only yeah. open rates, but click-through rates, but it's hard to do with text messages. So we wanted something that we could do short URL, you know, short links for long URLs with trackable and, you know, add Facebook pixels and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The other component was when you're doing direct mail, it's absolutely criminal to send direct mail out and not have a QR code in it, right? That's because you know. like, here, here's an example. This is, this is, this is a local realtor. And she, mm-hmm. this is really typical. You'll see these in your mailbox, right? Just listed, yeah. great, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go on the other side, and it's totally not personalized. Yeah. It, you know, I, I'm supposed to pick up the phone and call her or type in a URL or something. I'm not going to do it. And you use that as an example to, your, for your, to show bad, yeah. bad, <laughs> bad so, direct mail? So a lot of realtors, and yeah. I ask them, like, what – how does this work for you? And they go like, well, it doesn't really work for me, but I know I'm supposed to do it. Right. Yeah. So then I tell them, send something out that has a QR code. And in then it, they just, and it's they just yeah. like, this yeah. is an actual letter. Yeah. Right. It's not, that's a piece of bulk mail. This is a piece of direct mail. It's yeah. personal. Yeah. So, um, so we wanted something that would do QR codes. 
The other thing that's really badass about the QR codes is they're also trackable. So how do you know if somebody's ever read your letter? Well, if they scan the code, you know. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that makes sense. Tell me about the uh, setting up the direct mail. That must have been that must have been a big like. When did you know? Was it was it people coming to you saying you need to have direct mail, or were you sort of bringing this like? And then talk to me about setting that up because that sounds like it would probably be you know like setting up uh, its own business in itself. How right. is setting up that service? Because you got to get partners and. Right. Well, there's, we have we have backend service providers that do print, bulk printing and postage and delivery and mailing and all that stuff. So, okay. um, no, this was my idea. Um, mm-hmm. People weren't asking, can I send a postcard? Because, again, most of our customers are are in the 21st century thinking strictly about digital. Yeah. And, you know, I've got a long history of, of doing direct mail marketing that's been very, very profitable. Yeah. And it fell out of favor because, you know, how, why am I going to spend money on postage when email is free? Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nowadays, like I say, the genesis is your mailbox is empty and your inbox is full. Sending these this mail. So I can send a piece of mail for 90 cents, first class, that's printing, postage, delivered, everything. Mm-hmm. So um, we wanted to inc- – so that's how we did that. We went and looked for a number of service providers. Was it easy could- to set up or was it with their challenges? No. No, no, it, was it wasn't. It, yeah. it was a challenge. And so we spent a lot of engineering cycles on that to try to make it. And again, there are services out there where you can do this, but they, they, they either they create these kinds of generic postcards that are. Yeah. And they're not integrated with it. They're not, to be fair, they're not integrated with text and all your other. Right. So exactly. it's not like a suite. Um, right. And so, and that, so, you know, one of, one of my. My my superpower in life is that I can oversimplify anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, you know uh, you know my first product back in the day, um, you know back then you had to program things and you needed a programming language and I said well why can't we make it talk English why can't we make it you know respond yeah. to commands right so even today it's sort of like the same thing which is rather than have this complicated system to do direct mail it's like it's the same interface that you send an email. Yeah. Exact same interface. Drop an image, add your text, drop it, you know. And so then we, we built Linkum so that it was fully integrated inside there. So when I'm typing my email, you know, or typing my text message, I can just drop my short link in. I can create mm-hmm. it on the fly. Drop it in. Say I'm doing my postcard, I can create the QR code on the fly and drop it right in. Um, okay. And so it's, it's very cool. It does a whole bunch of other stuff. And um, so we have Linkum. Mm-hmm. We also have Bookum, which is did come out of customer requests, which is we created this ability. One of the things that we built into Closem is a, an appointment setting thing, right? Mm-hmm. And what happens is is you're talking to somebody on the phone and they say, oh, uh, this is interesting, but I don't have time right now. Call me. Can you give me a call next week? Yeah. You know, when I do, you know, we do these webinars and stuff and I say, like, does this happen to anybody? And, you know, of course, everybody raises their hand. Of course, yeah. it happens to everybody. You know? Right. And rather than send them to Calendly or something like that, you said, well, well, we'll just include it in in, in our suite. Well, and so what we do is is if you're a good salesperson, maybe, you know, typically what happens is someone says, yeah, call me later. Mm-hmm. Most salespeople blow it off. They go, I'm just getting blown off. And they go on to the next one. That's that yeah. 30% follow-up, yeah. 70% drop-off, right? Yeah. I wanted to create something that would let them follow up with that guy as well. So 
what we do is somebody says, call me later, you go, great. So if it's just a, a vague thing like that, call me next week, mm. right? Okay, great. Yeah. So I can put a little reminder and close them and send myself a, a text message to call this guy, you know, on Tuesday. That's not mm. a real meeting. It's just a reminder to me and all the details pop up in my text message or my email or whatever. I can even drop it into my calendar if I want. So I've got a, a, a thing in my calendar, you know, call Jordy back next Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a real appointment and a guy says, call me next week. And I say, okay, well, how about Tuesday or Thursday? What's a better day for you? Okay. Thursday. How, okay. Thursday. How about 11 a.m.? Okay. 11 a.m. is good. Good. Now that's a real appointment. Yeah. So now I drop that and close them and I can send not only myself a reminder, but I can send the reminders to you, you know, a day before we got a meeting, an hour before we got a meeting, 15 minutes before if I want to, you know, mm -hmm. it depends on how annoying I want to be. Um, and then, so then we, we created Bookham to be a front end of this where it's sort of like, you know, I can put this on my website and say, book an appointment with me, it goes right into close them. There's file, follow up and reminders and all that kind of good stuff. So we've got mm -hmm. find them, we've got link them, we've got book them, and we've just introduced find them. And find them is a service for prospecting uh, because our customers come to us and say like, hey, can we use close them for, you know, cold leads? Mm -hmm. And um, Does, and then the question is, do you have any? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like a like an Apollo.io or something like that. Exactly. And, yeah. And the problem with Apollo.io and Zoom and Seam and all those things, Seamless is, that, is another one. Yeah. Is that they cost? Um, you know, you got to spend one hundred ninety nine dollars a month or five hundred ninety nine. How much a is month. your How much is your product? Cost nothing. Okay. So I, I wanted a service. Because there's there's two things about it. Mm -hmm. One is, you know, I don't want to sign up for five thousand bucks a year. Yeah, I, I just don't. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, some people can justify that. They, they mm -hmm. you know they're selling a fifty thousand dollar thing, and you know it's that's yeah. great. You know, for, for my particular customers, they can't afford that. That's that's right. it's just out of the realm, and so. On the one hand, there's those very expensive, very good, well uh, curated and constantly updated databases. Mm. And then on the other end, there's there's like tools where you can just scrape names off the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what I wanted is I wanted a tool that would have that high end prospecting data without the thing. So I it took a year of negotiating with some, mm. you know, data houses to be able to yeah. access their data and be able to offer it to our customers. Um, and so it's not like we bought a big database and we're just selling the same names over and over again. Yeah. It's, All it's constantly updated. It's the same quality of information you're getting from Apollo or, or, or those kind of guys. Mm -hmm. It's not off the internet. It's curated and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And what we did is there's no monthly fee. Yeah. Create a free account, search for the prospects you want to find. When you find them, buy them. They're 59 yeah. cents a piece. Okay, that makes it. You you make it sound easy. I'm sure it wasn't easy. Talk to me about some of the, what, what was some of the bigger challenges along the way. When we first started out, um, we had an arrangement with a company that had like thirty thousand users that we were going to introduce close them to, mm -hmm. and it was like this is going to be great. You know, we'll launch right into this kind of like very big niche market and like that. And then, you know, we're about to launch and they call us up. They said, we just sent everybody home. Yeah. Because of COVID. <laughs> because of COVID. Yeah. And so yeah. 
you know, I joke and I said, like, yeah, starting a, a, a business in the midst of a global pandemic is uh, adds a few challenges. COVID did two things. Number one, it taught everybody how to use Zoom. Mm-hmm. And number two, it taught everybody what a QR code is because you go to a restaurant and the menu is a true, QR code. Yeah, that's true. Right. So yeah. COVID actually, you know, was, well, a lot uh, of software companies did really well in COVID because everyone's sitting at home and they're having to, you know, like remote tools and you know, I, a remote event, remote event softwares and things like that. Right. A lot of our customers are people who like had a side hustle uh, and they're like, I got to get my side. I got to turn my side hustle into full time income because I'm getting laid off. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so how do I do that? How do I manage my full time job and get my side hustle going? And have something that could do outbound generation of leads for me and follow up and and you know be you know Closem is a is a salesperson that never gets sick, never takes a day off, and is really good at copywriting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so, and what about um, taking on investment in the future? Are you still pretty adamant? Yeah, no, we're open to it. We're, we're we're really open to it. Um, you know, next year I think we're gonna. We're going to look at it. We've we've got um, it's really interesting. Um, Even though our product is is evergreen, it's year round. uh, Last year, the fourth quarter was really huge for us. This year, it's the same thing. The fourth quarter is just growing really huge. So I I think we might look next year after, you know, we've, you know, you know, our growth is, you know, it's not this hockey stick, but it's a nice progression. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you know, next year we could look at, 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 at taking on some investment because, again, we've proven that if we plant these seeds, it's fertile ground and the, and the sprouts grow. Getting more money just adds, add, add, you know, adds fertilizer. We have no debt. Yeah. And, um, you know, so bringing money in is not paying off anything. It's just strictly just, we would use- just sort of, you know, as you say, watering the lawn and yeah, just getting no, it going. Fertilizing the ground. We just do yeah. a lot of promotion. And I would, I w- there's some vertical things that we would do. I'd add some salespeople, which we might do anyway, and I would bring on maybe another developer or two, um, mm-hmm. just to keep making things sexy. What about um, were there sort of like was there a time where you when you look back and you says okay, I think we've really made it. You know, like I talked about the big break software. Tell me a, a quick story because we're running out of time, but just sort of like, yeah, this is going to work. Was there a moment that you can think of for that? Um, like a certain revenue, maybe they or an account that you landed, or some, or you know, like as you say, a big partner that you landed. Yeah, I mean, there, there were. Yeah, we brought on we brought on two big companies uh, last year uh, at the end of the year, um, and 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 one we ended up having to fire. And one's been a sweetheart. Um, yeah. But that was a turning point where it's like, oh, you know, we're really here. These are people, you know, one was a company that had 700 desks they wanted to put clothes them on. Okay. The other is a company that has 1,700 desks they want to put clothes them on. Um, both of which required a little bit of customization. Uh-huh. Um, and the company with 1,700 users. Ha- is is this very slow organic it's just now starting to pick up where they're you know it's not a global mandate where they're saying like here everybody must use this we're buying 1700 licenses that would be fabulous 
Um, it's yeah. more organic, like, hey, here's this tool. We're introducing it to you. You should start using okay. it. It's like a um, franchise the other, company, the other company was a global mandate. Here, we're going to do this. And it, 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 it turned into a customer from hell, and we had to fire them. Oh, well, know, okay. It was sort of like, but I'm yeah. used to a green button, and I want a green button. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, you know, it was just this constant thing of like, but this doesn't work. The, you know, it was, I was just like, you know, it's, it, it's, it was like dating somebody, and they were telling you all about their past. Yeah. Know, Right, it's like I'm not your bad friend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why are you blaming me? Yeah, I, I don't care how how you know yeah. you used to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, end of last year was really kind of a breakthrough moment for us in that we knew. I mean, all along it's been the response has been like this is a great tool. I yeah. really like this. So the okay, response has good. been really great. Yeah, um, that's good. And that, that makes that's validation, and you and you sort of wake up in the morning and say, okay, my customers are happy, and uh, it makes it makes life easy for you. Um, Richard, I want to thank you for your time. I want to make make sure, sure you get off to your next uh, your next appointment. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, obviously we're gonna have to close them and find them and all these other in the show notes. Um, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to find you? Ask you questions about uh, the show or about any of the products that you've mentioned. Richard at closem.ai. Okay, perfect. Thanks so much, Richard. You bet. All right. Thanks, Jordy.